Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture, seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. It's good to be here with my Renew family. I'm nervous about speaking, but actually this past Friday night I had a work party, and I was actually more nervous then. And I think it's because there's something about being with family, right? There's something about being with family. So... It is good to be here this morning. We're going to continue talking about love. And I have a story I want to share as we start. My husband, Seth, and I are similar in a lot of ways, but we're very different in a lot of ways. And the one way that we're very different is in the way we make decisions. So I'm a feeler. I feel things. I feel other people's feelings. Um, I live a lot through my heart. (laughs) My husband is a thinker. He's very analytical, very objective. Not that he doesn't feel, and not that I don't think, (laughs) but often in how we make decisions. So as is usually the case, I have something that I'm, a few months ago, I was thinking through something and just feeling it, and in his kind and gentle way, he was listening to me, and I'm going, oh, but I just feel this, and I think I should make this decision, but I just don't know, and he looks at me, he says, Aubrey, I think this sounds like the best logical solution, and I said, I know that. I know that, I don't feel that yet. So I keep going on and on. And he looks at me, and again, in his kind and gentle way, he says, Aubrey, I don't always understand you, but I love you. And I thought, that's the theme of our marriage. (laughs) I don't always understand you, but I love you. And so then, of course, I start thinking about the people in my life, my friends, my family, people who, I, who are difficult to love, people I don't even know, I see on the news or something that are difficult to love. And I think, can I make that commitment to them, to, to anyone that I'm around? I don't really always understand you, but I choose to love you. And so as we continue reflecting on love, I think it's good to kind of review where we've been this Advent so far, because I don't think you can dissect love from the other characteristics that we already talked about. So Ben started our Advent season talking about hope. And he talked about the the hope of God's kingdom over the kingdoms of this world. And then the next week, Cindy, she shared about joy. And she said, choose joy over sorrow, that we have the chance to choose life or death. And then last time, JR talked about peace and how um, grace precedes peace. And that we can create calming moments, but true deep peace comes from, comes from God. And this morning, of course, we're reorienting ourselves back to love. As humans, we tend to experience love or the lack of love from our caregivers. If our caregivers, who are often our parents, but not always, are responsive to our needs and they provide the affection and attunement that we need, then a good secure attachment can form. However, if our caregivers are not responsive or not very caring, do not provide the affection and attunement, then experiencing love can be really challenging. It can be a lifelong struggle. As a therapist, I'm often with people 
who struggle with um, love, receiving and giving love as a result of difficulties with attachments. So if you grew up in an environment where there was a secure attachment, you are blessed. If you didn't grow up in that, then love can be challenging. And I know that. However, I've seen those who struggle with this experience love in a very profound way, in a deeper way than many of us who have experienced that deep attachment. God is close to the brokenhearted. And in Psalm 2710, it says, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. So as I thought about the importance of attachment, I thought about Mary and Joseph, Jesus's first attachments. Um, so I thought we could reflect on Mary and Joseph this morning. I'm guessing that their love helped Jesus grow in all wisdom and understanding. So we, we oh, yeah. So Steve started this morning by leading us in the song, So Will I. And I thought this is a really responsive submission, not a passive submission, but a responsive submission to God. And I think that the lyrics are similar to the heart of Mary. When Gabriel comes to Mary and says, I am the Lord's servant, may, be, may it be according to your word. Emily then danced to Mary's canticle or Mary's prayer. Um, which we find in Luke 1, 46 through 55. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoice, rejoices in God. This was Mary's prayer after her life was completely disrupted. So we have Mary visits Elizabeth. Elizabeth is past her um, age where she can have a child, and yet she's miraculously six months pregnant. And um, when Mary approaches Elizabeth, the baby within Elizabeth, who we know as John the Baptizer, leaps for joy. And Elizabeth states that Mary was blessed and favored. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has been mindful of the humble state of God's servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is God's name. God's mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. God has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. The Lord has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. These are really powerful words. And I think that they show that love is not timid. Love is not gentle. It can be, but not always. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so therefore, it is not afraid of facing the darkest of moments. I recently read an article in Christianity Today that I think makes the point that love is not timid. The article was about the Nigerian schoolgirls kidnapped in 2014 by the terrorist group Boko Haram. They're an extremist group, and they wanted to put into place Islamic law. Many of the schoolgirls were Christians, and they were just weeks away from their graduation. And many were, in the, were hostages in the forest for over two years. Daily, they were brainwashed, told that their parents were dead, which wasn't true, that their home community was flying the Boko Haram flag, which wasn't true, and then they were also promised more food rations if they would convert and marry into the sect. After many of the girls were finally released, stories of their bravery emerged. 
at least one girl initially grabbed a Bible in the midst of the kidnapping and she smuggled it into the camp. The article states the girls memorized Job, copied Luke 2 because they saw themselves in Mary's ordeal of giving birth to Jesus. They wrote from Psalm 22 too, oh my God, I keep calling by day and you do not answer and by night and there is no silence on my part. Faith became the language of their resistance. Their regular fast transfigured hunger into a source of strength. As they took turns renouncing for a few days to create a spiritual energy they believed would help free them. They would tell each other, just be faithful. I also found it interesting that they would sing. They weren't allowed to sing, but when the guards were distracted, they would, they would muffle and they would sing together because that was singing's really important together. So I thought about these girls and their traumatic event, and I thought about Mary's Magnificat, her, her song, and I think they could accurately sing, my soul magnifies the Lord, for the Lord has done great things for me. The Lord has performed mighty acts by his arm and has scattered those who are proud. This love is not timid. There is humility and there is strength in this love. So we have seen the love and strength in Mary, Jesus' first caregiver. And so I thought that we could go now to Joseph. Let's consider the strength, love, and humility of Joseph, Jesus' adopted father. I really like this image because we often imagine Joseph with baby Jesus, but there's not much known about Joseph, but he was at least alive when Jesus was 12. They think that maybe he passed away when Jesus was younger, but he was at least with him till 12. I think that's a really good image. There's a beautiful song by the artist Poor Bishop Hooper, and it's from Joseph's perspective. So I'm going to read some of the lyrics, and it jumps back, back and forth between Joseph and the angel. So Joseph says, in the middle of the night, that's always been when you set me right. Sometimes I'm too weary to close my eyes. I tremble at the thought of all that you could want this time. So come on, spirit, would you get right to it? And the angel says, O oh, son of David, do not be afraid. Let this love befriend you like the desert to the rain. For the girl before you is one I've made. The simple beauty that you've seen is still the one you'll take. It's not at all what your diffidence is telling you to think. And then the angel says, and he's unfolding you into a fatherhood like no one could to take a son that isn't yours, adopt the one who will adopt the world. There will be no glory for you, Joseph. All the glory will be given to the son you'll raise up. But I hate to say you'll never see it. Very interesting. I know this is a creative interpretation of Joseph, but I think it also gets to the heart of who Joseph was. Um, many I know in here have experienced adoption in some, in some form. And so I think it's really interesting to contemplate that as we contemplate Joseph. He's enfolding you into a fatherhood like no one could to take a son that isn't yours. So Joseph, adopt the one who will adopt the world. Not much is known about Joseph. Like I said, he was a carpenter. You may probably know more than I do. I know he was from the line of David. I would like to um, read, I would like to do a time of reflection together and also interaction. So we're going to have the past, some, three passages on the screen. We're going to read it together. And then while we're reading, I want you to think of two questions. Number one, what themes, themes do you see in all these passages? 
And then number two, what can we learn about love in these passages? So if you have your Bible, if you prefer your phone, or if you prefer to have it up here, that's okay too. I'm going to read these, and then if you want to write your answers or just remember, I'd really like some time if you speak up loudly, some interaction time. What themes do you see in all three of these passages? And what do we learn about love in these passages? These are familiar, but maybe think about them through those lens. Okay, love. So this is, this is Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Matthew 2, 13 through 15. When they, the wise men, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. And finally, Matthew 2, 19 through 23. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to a dream in Joseph in Egypt, and said, get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But then he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod. So he was afraid to go there. He was warned in a dream, so he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Okay, I want you guys to do some work. <laughs> what themes do you see in all three of these passages? And what do, you, what do we learn about love? Let's start with the themes. I know they're going to be kind of intermixed, but what themes do you see? Yes, obedience, yes. Lisa, is that you said? Yeah. Oh, Kim, Kim, yep. Obedience, yeah. Yes. Safety, that's right. That's right. Joseph in his dreams. Faith, yes, faith, believing, yeah. Not understanding fully what was going to happen. Yes, trust. Faith that, okay. I'll marry Mary. Okay. I'll get up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Can you imagine getting up and saying, where, where are you going? An angel told me that I needed to leave in the middle of the night and take everything Yes, action, yeah. Obedience, okay. The use of power, what do you mean by that, Adrian? 
Yeah, the difference in right. Joseph could have divorced Joseph could have divorced Mary, done it publicly, to say I I wasn't in the wrong. It's all her. But he didn't. He wanted to divorce her privately, quietly. Yeah, that's really good. What do we see about love in these passages? There you go. <laughs> Hearing from God. The God who loves us. That's right. That's right. The love between Joseph and Mary and the baby. Right. Willing to protect. That's good. As crazy as it seemed, as it doesn't make sense at all. But right. Right. That's right, Clyde. It is an act of love. Right. He could have. He could have divorced her publicly. Publicly. To show, again, that he was in the right. She was the wrong one. I'm okay. That was, that was, that was love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thank you for interacting. I really appreciate that. Um, a few, a few weeks ago, I asked some of you to um, actually start a practice. I have, since October, when Doug asked if I would speak, I've started almost a daily practice of writing in my journal Today I felt love, I experienced love, and I showed love. So I asked some of you, I gave you some note cards to write on one side. Today I showed love, and on the other side, today I received love. So I thank you for those who have done it. I've heard really good feedback from that. And so I'm going to encourage you guys, it will be on the communion table, but as a way of responding to this, is take a card, if, if you want, I'm not forcing, of course, but Today I showed love, and I kept it a little vague on purpose because I'm not sure what that will mean for you. Um, but how did you show love? And then the, today I received love from God, from your family, from neighbors, from someone at the store. I think this is a really good practice, and it kind of helps us reorient to love. So I will um, encourage you guys to get, get that at the communion table. But as we conclude, I was thinking, how do I end a teaching on love? Well, I can't help but think of an image that shows the most important love. And I don't really have many words to say, but this is love. This is love. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.